This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, midday podcast. That means parking stinks at the office, so I'm sorry if you had trouble. Yeah, we Usually, had to circle the block. Yeah, I had, to, I, had, I had to circle the block, and as I was circling the block, a black Fiesta ST came ripping around the corner and almost slammed into the Lexus. Yep. Who could that have been? I don't know. Who drives one of those? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey. a full lock, full lock, full horn. It was one of those. Gail Banks in studio. Welcome, sir. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Uh, we don't have we don't have Dan Neal to go super nerdy today, so we're gonna have to only go to medium nerdy. Yeah, I can do nerdy. Yeah. You can you can you handle you can probably handle yeah, nerdy. Yeah, yeah, I work nerdy. It's a freeform nerd odyssey. <laughs> and uh, what do you what did you drive to the studio? I haven't seen uh, your vehicle today. I drove my blown Cobra R coilovered Watts linked Marauder. Ooh, whoa! <laughs> that yeah. sounds is it a manual? Did you do a manual swap? You know what? I drive on the freeway. Oh, okay. But uh, I was talking at Hooniverse the other day. I think I mentioned the Coyote I've got for it. Yeah, you were saying that yeah. you, you've got a, you've swapped. A, I think, I don't know if there's too many other people that are running a Coyote in that Panther platform yet. Well, That's I haven't awesome. done it yet. It's sitting, okay. on a, it's sitting and, in a crate, and, and right? It has its technical challenge. It is, uh, is this power steering you know, an issue? Is that the technical challenge or just fitting the, it in the there? The power steering has only been an issue uh, with the Cobra R because I buzzed the snow out of it and it kills the power steering power. Uh, so I asked the guys at Ford, why did you red, red line this thing down here when it'll go way up here? And they said, And they said, power steering pump. I said, ah, oh, screw it. And I kicked the limiter up about 1,200 RPM. So now do you so, launch a power steering pump every couple thousand miles? Yeah. I don't know. It's not that frequent. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's just moans. not the... It's when not it starts Ford's, moaning, you yeah, know, yeah. Just, You've got to know somebody yeah. out here that'll build you a bulletproof Yeah, can't you, can't you get some uh, kind of race there, power there, steering pump? There is a guy out in the valley. You're right. There's always a guy there's in a, the valley. There's a guy. doesn't matter what you need. There a is guy. a guy in the yeah. valley who will handle that. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I don't want to self-promote here about my power steering building, so let's just skip it and do that later for a commercial. Well, I just remember that when people first started putting coyotes into Fox Body, that the power steering was yeah. an issue in that because it's electric and they and you also had to like route the column around the engine in a kind of a weird way. But I yeah, think someone's probably the, made the, a this, solution this for that. This Panther is so World War One. I. I mean, it's just <laughs> honestly. Zach, you know, Zach drives you know, a 2003 Crown Victoria, is it, which we use. We have frequently. the same car. Yes, we do. Yours is a Crown Vic, and yeah. mine's a black Marauder. It's the same exact car. But the yeah. Marauder is you know, cooler, though. It. It is cooler. Possibly. It is. No, it is. Yeah. I remember I remember a car and driver article and everyone was so disappointed that it didn't beat the Impala SS in the straight line. In hindsight, the Impala SS was a much bigger piece of crap than the Marauder. The Marauder is is like, you know, a spaceship compared no, to Impala no SS. No wonder all the cops are still dr- about this. <laughs> yeah. Because those things are bulletproof. They yeah. Two, three hundred thousand miles are laughing at you. Oh man, I went to college yeah. in Philadelphia and in Philadelphia. If you, you ever hung out down there, their cabs are 
incredible because they buy them used from New York. So, <laughs> so once they complete, you know, the three hundred thousand mile cycle they in Manhattan, the they, they go the straight to Philly, yeah. where they go to five, six, seven hundred thousand. I mean, they're they're shit boxes. They're really terrible, yeah. but they continue to run run wow. on it's crazy yeah and they don't want uber oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uber is taking off in Philly. so i was i was talking on the coyote tip uh to engine builder john bothwell's guy joe yeah and he was saying that there's a spec series that runs coyote engines where you can do anything you want to the car but you can't touch a bolt on sealed the engine. engine right sealed yeah. engine what series? Yeah, I think I saw them in the in the Ford Racing catalog. And they're they're running like nine thousand RPM out of the yeah, box. Yeah, they they got an all aluminum thing. They call the Illuminator. Yeah, maybe that's what we're talking about. Okay. It's a sealed Illuminator. Those okay. are yeah. those are pricey motors, aren't they? Are those even, like, even, like twenty five grand? Even, even the Coyote. I mean, the one I have is eight grand. Is that really yeah. really wow? I ex- I, did, yeah. I found out like. LS engine. Everyone's like, oh, LS. A brand new LS engine in a crate is not a mm-hmm. cheap thing. No, yeah. and, and yeah. LT1's like 12 or 13 grand, brand yeah. new. I remember the mm-hmm. the uh, the supercharged one. The LS9 was like $30,000 in a crate. Well, crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's where, you know, I, I, I want to do about 300 more horsepower uh-huh. for about $10,000 less than that. Okay. And I'm attempting to do that with a hot rod thing we're building. I mean, you, of all people, could probably figure it out, I'm sure. Well, this is, this, yeah, uh, yeah. Done, did it 40 years ago, redid it 20 years ago. It's basically Gen 1 small block. Uh-huh. Uh, when Chubba By Gen 1, you mean, you, mean a, you mean like a, a three, like an old school 350? came out in 1955. Yeah, yeah. You know, late 54. I didn't know if you meant Designed in 1951, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how about they got that right? Yeah. So what was proposed um, by the guys over at Hot Rod is it's the 60th anniversary of the small block. Mm-hmm. So how about you pull out your tooling and well, I'm, I went, I, I don't have to. I would. We've been selling that stuff all along. Uh-huh. People think it's because we chased the diesel thing yeah. that we forgot about gasoline. So anyhow, the deal is uh, bring out the Gen 1. Let's do a celebration engine, twin turbo, just like back in the day. So we're going to push it forward a bit. So are you, you, know? are you not using electronic engine management or anything? Oh, it's no. going to be OG? Oh, no, oh, no, no. This is, this is Gen 1 and kind of in name only. It's... It's all, a bunch of us old guys. Uh, Dick Maskin at Dart. It's uh-huh. his block, his heads. Okay. Scooter Brothers over at Comp. It'd be their camshafts and so this is like an engine drive. like built in the '60s, kind of. It's, but but, but you're smarter very, now. It's it's the, the same outline. Uh huh. But what the metallurgy, the airflow, the the valve gear, the control electronics. Uh huh. That that'll be the Holly Dominator setup, and and honestly, uh, I'm only limited by the fact that I want quick responding turbos on, in a truly street drivable hundred thousand mile engine. Okay, so this is not going to be one of these you know show off Dino Queen cars, you know, because you could probably with a setup like that you can go a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred horsepower, but it would be a yeah. very peaky, not really fun to drive experience, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I've made the big numbers. Yeah. Uh, you know, anybody can go out today and, and buy the kit, uh, buy the big turbo, buy the big incher, buy the pistons, buy the cam, do all that stuff. 
That's the 2,000 horsepower Chevy truck motors. It's 3,800 horsepower. What is it 3,800 horsepower now? What do you got in mind? Fuck me. What? Is, yeah. 3,800 <laughs> horsepower. Yeah, it might be over 4,000. You know, a pe- you know, do you know people who have 4,000 horsepower cars? Well, let's put it this. way. I mean, way. that's like a hydroplane engine or something, right? Let's 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 just roll the clock back fifty years, fifty, sixty years, somewhere in there. Uh, actually, it would be sixty-seven, sixty-eight when they first turbocharged the Offenhausers at Indy. Uh huh. I was back there, and uh, and uh, Bobby Unser was doing real good in sixty-eight uh, with a turbo offie uh, in a leader cards car, and and uh, didn't qualify on the pole, but he he led one hundred and twenty-one laps and. Had the first tu- turbo win at Indy. Uh, that turbo offie uh, was remarkable, and it was for it was his first win of three. Uh-huh. So, down at the Champion Dino in Long Beach, Art Early and, and Dick Jones were running one oh, in the '67 range when they they were, they were teething, mm-hmm. and 159 incher uh, at 1100 horsepower. The Dino Wolf. What a four cylinder? 159 inches. A one like 1967. What is 155 inches in oh, liters? Yeah, I, 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 I got a point here. Okay, yeah. I got a point here. If if you look at the power per cubic inch, uh huh, and and you look at these pump queens who run their engines on the pump, and you right. and you never never see them in competition. You never see them win anything. You never see them in an endurance race. You just never see them. It's all ego, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Maybe some of them go dragging, and that would be good. Yeah. But, you know, any race is not about the numbers. It's about the winning and how you do it. Back to this. If you took the 1967, how many years ago was that? 50. That power. 48. That power per cubic inch on a modern 600-inch engine would be nominally 4,200 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> so That's, when some yeah. zit yeah. comes and tells me about his big numbers, yeah, yeah. I just kind of look at him and go, Yo, really? You say, you, really? You send him a Wikipedia link to turbo off the engines? For God's sake, shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but what, do you, you know, what, what would somebody do? With an, what do you do with an engine like that? If someone wanted an engine like that, is it's there a, any practical it's application? It's a story of my life. Yeah. There's always a practical application and an impractical transmission and differential. Ah, uh, yes. You, that's a, it's a stern drive, a jet drive. It's yeah. whatever it is. Will not handle that. Uh, that's always the issue. Because you know? uh, like top fuelers are what? I mean, 6,000 horsepower Even, if it, it could it, be measured. And that's a direct drive, probably right? Probably a better number than that. Probably, Probably more, a yeah. better number of that. And, of course, uh, the science of what they're doing there is almost inconceivable. Yeah. Didn't someone just run threes in the thousand foot, like last weekend, in a funny car? A guy ran under four? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Well, I mean, you know, they've got a flywheel assembly that is like 170 pounds. <laughs> and you bring that pup up and you leave. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, they're trying to keep the mass down so they the the rear counterweight on the crank is el- virtually eliminated. Yeah. But wait a minute, you got a hundred. You have a giant pounds. flywheel. How does that make any difference? Yeah, yeah. And then you know yeah. the, the supercharger requires four hundred horsepower to spin it. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I that mean, that math is always really wild to me because even like the new Z06 or something, they're like, oh yeah, it's, it requires you know sixty horsepower to spin the blower. Speaking of which, have you mm-hmm. are you uh, in Corvettes much? In Corvettes? Yeah, do you have you, oh, do you drive them much? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, some guys were out. There was one around a month or two ago, uh, and the guys from Hot Rod had a Willow Springs. Yeah. Uh, no, it was probably Johnny then. Were they complaining that it got real hot? Uh, they blew a water pump. Oh, did they? Yep. The because uh, we had a so, we had a Z06 and it got really hot as well. And I was wondering what your take is on a supercharged engine with a small frontal area of car mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. What is your take on making that engine an engine like that deal with heat better? Well, it's it's yeah okay. There's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, when we were road racing back in the '70s, we ran an IMSA five liter, you know, three hundred and five inch turbo motor 930 horse small block yeah so and of course those are fairly long races it was a decon monza and roy Roy woods was the owner driver to really get that small block to cool properly you know i have a rule of thumb you don't you don't want more than a or about 12 degrees delta t temperature rise from the where the water goes into the engine to where it comes out of the engine so i prefer around eight degrees fahrenheit that's telling me empirically that uh, I'm scrub, scrub, scrubbing off the boundary layer between the water and the iron or between the water and the aluminum, I, I'm getting good heat transfer in the, in the engine. What I did to make that road race engine work and, the, you know, the Cosworth, when Parnelli and the guys were out over here in Torrance turboing the Cosworth years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we started talking about, about water flow, and it was big numbers, and I went, oh, okay. This is about the same time. I did a 180-gallon-per-minute water pump on an engine that came with a 57-gallon-per-minute Okay. Pump. 180 yeah. gallons a minute. <laughs> That's like a fire hose. That's like your 55-gallon yeah. drums? <laughs> yeah, they had 20 <laughs> seconds. Three wow. of them. Yeah, 20 yeah. seconds per each through that engine. It's cool, beautiful. That's a monster so pump. So part of it's flow rate, yeah. okay, to get it all to happen and get the good heat transfer. And the other part of it is heat exchangers. And, you know, that's it. That's another part of success if you're an endurance racer. And that's always been my thing. Bonneville starts to get my heart pumping. A drag race, it's over in a few seconds. Yeah. I, I don't get enough adrenaline. Yeah. And I'm a junkie. I'm, I'm so, kind of with so, you. So if you go... Uh, you run a five-mile APBA boat race. Okay. Yeah. I'm starting to, you know. <laughs> That's, but the yeah. boat racing is sketchy stuff. Even at five miles, but, I bet you're but, glad it's done l- at the end of that. Let me tell you, Bonneville, <laughs> yeah. of course, uh, is kind of like that. You go down, and, and hopefully it's still alive, and then you come back. That's if you run an international FIA stuff. And uh, that keeps your heart rate up for about an hour. Yeah. I did boat racing with the Kiwis back in the 70s. This guy, John oh, yeah. Hamilton, he was the son of, of William Hamilton, who, who was knighted for designing. Sir and William Patton, Hamilton. Sir. And the yes. Kiwis are all he, the crazy jet boats, right? Well, Hamilton invented the jet drive. Oh, God. There's that answer. A lot of trial and error in hey, that development process. Yes, there was. You <laughs> know, it, it's, it's a great read. Anyhow. I, I would love to. That's a, that's next on my list. Anything guys, from New Zealand You guys have seen the travel deals where those guys spin that potato chip around. Yeah. And, you know, all, all of the street people come and kind of go, what the? Yeah. And, and so in 76, I get the uh, telegram, the call, whatever the hell it was. Uh, that <laughs> Hamilton w- wanted to use one of my offshore twin turbo offshore engines in one of his eighteen foot jet boats uh, to run the world river racing championship. Oof. Oof. 
And are we talking about so, like a hydroplane or did it look no, like a boat? Is, no, first, first thing is, if you've ever seen those travelogues in New Zealand, they have like these great alluvial plains with rivers running across. Yeah. In other words, it's nothing but uh, uh, like river rock Yeah, that's wet. <laughs> and and they call them ghoulies because the ghoulies come up and bite the bottom of your boat. So you don't want anything hang, hanging off the bottom of that boat. There's guys that tried it without boards and V-drives and what have you. You just whack the underwater gear. Okay. So the jet jet drive slides over this. Yeah, stuff. it's in like an inch or two of water or very, very little, right? I tell you, there was this guy, Neville Sutherland. Uh, it, I ended up, we ended up in 16 years with 12 world championships. In, in Starting, boats. Yeah, and with, with the Kiwis, five years in a row, from 76 to 80. Were, what went wrong mm. on those four, Gail? <laughs> <laughs> Zach, if I knew, I'd have changed it. <laughs> so, wait, real fast. Uh, so he wanted to take an engine from, from your offshore to put it in the jet boat. What was the size difference in between those boats? Well, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is nominally 40 feet. Back in the day, that's about as long as they were. And the jet boat's 18 feet, so it's, you know, fat motor in a little coat. That's... Oh, was it the same same configuration, driver in front, motor in in the middle, What's wild about the Kiwis is there's three guys in an 18-foot boat. It has a windshield. What? The top of the windshield has, like, a grab bar. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) And and when they get into the really shallow stuff... Yeah. one of the guys uh, I don't want, I don't stands think. up, yeah, at like a hundred miles an hour. Is a spotter? Yes, <laughs> and he's like giving the finger this that. The other guy's the mechanic. I don't know what he does. I mean, if you blow the engine in a five mile race, isn't it? A, what oh are you no, this fix? is not a five mile race. Oh, the race longest one I've ever been in was eleven days. What? Every river on New Zealand, North Island, South Island. And transportation in between each river. That's like the it's like one so, lap of America of boat racing. That sounds yeah. brilliant, actually. Whoa. Was it? Yeah. And I'm I mean, just thinking, were you on the boat for this, or were you in between stages working or anything like that? Yeah, that's that's the support. That's yeah. what you were doing. I would test the boats. Yeah. And and what kind of speeds would you be seeing on these boats? Oh, 110, That's pretty fast. For but the 70s, that's really fast. For well, now, the problem that's, is these are semi Vs, and if you get going too fast, they get so high on the keel. That they'll tip off and chine walk. They'll tip side to side. And if you wet one side too much, then you That's the end of spin yeah. the boat. Yeah. 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 The acceleration, it's not about top speed in those, right? It was acceleration. Yeah. And, I mean, they it, it, tight turns and then they're gone. And it, sometimes you get sections. Like we ran um, the Rio Balsas River in Mexico. Uh, we'll look at a picture of these And, uh, oh, that was really a rich one. Uh, the Rio Balsas, there's a guy named. Um, Peter Pocklington, he was a Canadian, and he owned the Edmonton Oilers, and he owned a bunch of stuff, Pontiac dealerships or whatever he owned. Anyhow, he commissioned me to do a twin-engine boat for him with two jet drives, and it was fraught with wrong. I mean, I told him from the beginning, this is not a workable setup, so he didn't want to hear it. We tested down uh, where the Queen Mary is, and he packed it and went to Mexico drove it off a waterfall everybody was doing it but with the twin two engines in the back of this much bigger boat uh it was down in the tail as as you like to say if you're nautical a lot of weight in the stern so as he as he daylighted the waterfall is that it it? the back end fell down 
nailed the water first, and it mousetrapped the boat so hard that it nailed the nose and endowed. Oh, my God. They never Whoa. saw the boat again. <laughs> it was gone to Davy Jones. Wow. Were they yeah. okay? Peter, Peter, yeah, I guess so. I mean, wow. he's still with us. I mean, is this, so is wow. this one of these boats? Yes. Only that's not exactly one of them. But is that uh, of the style and period? Yeah. This boat, I mean, it looks like it would be like on a Pebble Beach concourse of boats. Like, it's, it's very period looking. It's very pretty. But... You know, if that yeah, if you told me that thing had a five or six hundred horsepower jet motor in it, I'd be pretty scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's, it, it's uh, very vintage looking. Yeah, and when you were saying that there's a mechanic on the boat, I just had images of the war boys spitting nitromethane into cars in yeah. Mad Max, or the you know the guy the guys who rode in the okay. in the rode in the. Here race. you go. Oh, Here's what? one, and you can appreciate the water. This is a dual quad. This is this is my 930 horse marine engine. <laughs> Uh, you can oh, see picture. the you can see the flame arresters. Wow, on, on the I mean, carburetors. so it's really just an open skiff. Yeah, uh, what, it, it's a V bottom boat. It's, a, it's, it's just got an a, open skiff, a two inch thick keel in <laughs> with it, like Recaro racing inches. seats. In yeah, it. oh and, yeah, and well, there's a windshield, but the driver is is significantly above the windshield. It doesn't seem like it does much. <laughs> That's a and that's nine hundred and thirty horsepower. Yeah, and there's one or two engines in that. There's one Just engine. Just a in that. single. Yeah, not like not like you'd need two, but nah. good lord. That's so that's madness. I mean that's a ride right there. So, so did that get your adrenaline going a little bit? It's oh, even, yeah. 900 horsepower it, skiff. It's even scarier when you think about what helmet design was back then and safety and stuff like. Yeah. That's, now, that's here's here's the first. Head. This is the first one. It's an eight hundred and fifty horse. Ski boat engine, but you'll see the three. <laughs> you'll see the three guys and the handrail at the top of the windshield. Oh, this I'm is a good picture. About. What? Okay, yeah. So this boat is sort of similar, open skiff, but it looks like there are just three aluminum, like Kirky. Yeah, they like, almost, they don't not even look at racing seats like cafeteria I, seat chair. <laughs> you got might, might be surplus aircraft. Uh, uh, it, it absolutely yeah. could be surplus aircraft, yeah. and and water just cranking out of the back of that. Oh yeah. So is that a that's a twin turbo small block? A twin turbo uh seven point four liter big block. When we post this episode up, we're gonna get you to throw some of those that's pictures great. on. Can, oh, you, okay. can you send us yeah. a few of those? Sure. Yeah. That looks Absolutely. that looks real scary. <laughs> it's you know, the scary part is 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 when you're in the shallow stuff or it's got a the sides of the the gorge come in and there's rapids and you're running down through that stuff. It's like who knows? That the, is the real balsas. It start at the headwaters of the river, uh, run all the way to the coast, and then in the open ocean, 125 miles to Acapulco. That was open the race. ocean in, a, in that boat. 125 miles. Oh. Yeah, you stay in in shore. You know. You yeah. Know, yeah. But it's not in a river. Like that's you know I we have a boat. And it's well, a, it's in it's a, a river. It's a whaler. Point. You know, yeah. with a deep V. And if you go out in the open ocean in that, it's pretty choppy. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing it in a in a skiff with a twin turbo big block in it. Uh, these that's guys, mental. I, I got to hand it to the to the Kiwis. Uh, you well, they're know, all they, nuts. They're mm-hmm. all nuts. They're nuts. And what what was really cool though. Uh, first first time they came up, uh, a guy named John Westland came up, and he was kind of. Lived with us for a while, with Vicky and I and my kids, and and uh, I don't know six, eight, ten weeks. I don't know how long it was. And then the other guys came, and they lived with us too. Uh, and they'd sit around drinking beer, and I mean, 
they don't the the dead soldiers with those guys stay on the table. <laughs> so pretty soon you can't even see the table for the beer bottles yeah. and cans. And they're talking about sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and ones with two teeth and ones with four teeth and who you know, twofers and why and I'm going are you sure those weren't just This is an women? alternate dimension. Dude, but those guys, the, the stuff that those guys build in their garages by themselves is real crazy. Well, and Burt Monroe would probably be the epitome mm-hmm. of that. Although, or John Britton. You know about John I, Britton? I, I don't know, but I know about the world's fastest Indian, and I know Burt. Well, John Britton so. was a guy in the 80s and 90s who built his own motorcycles. He built his own frame. He cast his own engine. He started by modifying Ducatis, but then he built his completely Is own bike. Is he a bike. Kiwi as well? He's a Kiwi. He died in, like, 1994. And he went to Europe to race in whatever the, the world... It wasn't MotoGP. It was, like, the FIA... Whatever, a very serious racing series in Europe that was mm-hmm. not MotoGP, but one under that. And he won a bunch of races. He beat Ducati, he beat Yamaha and Honda and all these other manufacturers, MV Augusta and whatever. And then, like a year later, he got cancer and died, just like out of nowhere. So there's like 10 of his bikes in a museum. Uh, they're, they're not in the same place, but there's a couple in a museum in New Zealand. You know what they call but, those, don't you? Huh? Dead man's bikes. Yeah. This guy, I had to say this guy, so. this guy uh, was was just the, the story is wild. If you ever find yourself down there, that's yeah, you gotta, uh You got to oh, see yeah. this video of this <laughs> kid that uh, that they that they shot with down oh, in New Zealand. He built his own rally car in his garage. I mean, the work that this kid did was amazing. Yeah, that video, by the way, is going up on Monday okay. on the smoking tire. Yeah, we so a twenty two year old who built his own rally car, like a like a uh, world rally car, but like made his own chassis. And use the Renault Sport like GP engine. It's wild. You know, I love to see a young genius. Yeah, this kid's a young I, genius. I just you want it. you want to hire I the smartest I mean, kid ever. No get this greater payday yeah. than seeing that. He made his own shocks because he didn't like the design that was out there. Yeah, so he made shocks that they uh, they extend over jumps faster than any system he'd mm-hmm. seen because they have some sort of like Real release quick valve. So it's yeah. boom, quick troop. He did the whole chassis on his computer. To fit this engine that no one ever put in the car. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did all the carbon body work. He just figured, and it's it's crazy. It's lighter so, than a rally car, a world championship rally car, and has like and faster horsepower. You know what he is, and this is a contradiction in terms. He's a renaissance man, kind of. Yeah, kind you of. Know? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's what didn't he do? I don't you know. know. Uh, he didn't build the engine, but he bought it from from a, a Formula three point five team. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so, okay. it so, it yeah. so it's a four hundred and fifty horsepower naturally aspirated V six. It sounds like a Formula One race. It's brilliant. I mean, if he wanted to build an engine, I'm sure he yeah and would build something nuts. Like it's very neat. The, and that story is coming out on Monday. So, so I uh, let me plug one then. Plug one. Uh, the World's Fastest Indian uh, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's about Burn Monroe. It, it's a fucking it great you, movie. Yeah. It takes you back to to New Zealand, to him pouring pistons in a hole in the yard. Yeah, yeah. In Invercargill. And as he told me... Oh, have you met Burn Monroe? You hang out with him? <laughs> I live next door. To, well, really? I was one of the group that put him into the patio because he didn't have a room. And he was next door to me, and we became friends. And then I've he heard brought this his story before. He, it's great. He he came more than one year. He came a total, I think, of eleven years. At any rate, Bert, after paying his way over on a freighter from New Zealand, 
by cooking for the entire ship. Yeah. Uh, they kept unloading cargo. I think they started around Ensenada and worked up the north, going north. And I think in Portland, or maybe it was up, up in Seattle somewhere, his bike came out of the hold, finally. They, they got down to where his bike was. Wow. And um, so that's where he got off, and he cobbled up a trailer and bought a cheap form of transportation and went to the salt and uh, with his bike he never in in the movie he comes once and he goes 200 well he didn't come once and he didn't go 200 but he sure knocked on the he exceeded it but he didn't get it as a record so and he did it with you know a a 1920s vintage engine Indian V-twin 36 Chevy piston he remounted not 35s not 38s or 40s that particular year he believed he had, was the alloy that's because he had the tested he, all of them apparently and <laughs> in his empirical way so he was doing so, metallurgical analysis in his shed in New Zealand so to speak did yeah, you ever I did you ever tried. go see him in New Zealand <laughs> didn't but i didn't need to because right next to my speed shop on San Gabriel Boulevard was Sammy Pierce's Indian motorcycle shop, oh. the only one left in the world. Really? And that's where Bert stayed. Oh. So when I sat at my desk, his his bunk was 18 inches of wall away from me. Was that, How was you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins' portrayal of Bert? Was it, was it first solid? Of all, first of all, Tony took 10%. That's how bad he wanted to do it. Is 10% bad? He took 10% of his normal pay. Oh, of his normal pay? I thought you meant of the of gross. Of his normal pay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that movie had any gross. Yeah. I but I liked it. it he did movie. it for 10%, uh, and he was. It, it made my hair stand on Really? It. Yeah. Creepy how he close had he had the got? voice. Yeah. That's cool. That's creepy good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, my God, bird. Because he so, can do creepy either way, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. He can, yeah. Hopkins could do the other creepy just... Very as well. well. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. I don't want him to get that mad on. So when he... When, when real Burt Monroe got to the, that the first time, did people think he was a little crazy? Or did people just immediately like, wow, this guy is hardcore? I need to explain Bonneville to you in that time frame. First of all... When you went to Bonneville, it was like you left civilization, literally left civilization. Even Wendover, Utah, yeah. was not civilization. No, it's like a gas it was station a and a hotel. outpost. Yeah. And uh, so when you're out there, there's no phone. If you break something, you have to get into town, find a phone, call L.A. or <laughs> wherever you're from, and, and have somebody like I like burned, get in a car I, and I drive burned it. some valves. And uh, I needed some exhaust valves for my small block. They had to be greyhounded. <laughs> I waited for the bus to hit Wendover on its way to, to Salt Lake because there's no UPS. Yeah. If you put yourself in that perspective, nobody's weird at Bonneville. Yeah, that's or true. Or everybody's weird at Bonneville. But Bert it, did but not stand out other than he was this dead-eye ladies' man. Really? And he was, I'm going to be 73 in a few days. He was my age when he came here. And, <laughs> and he, he knocked him dead. Really? Yes. It was just like, what the I hell? Wonder if it was, I wonder if it was the pants. I'm watching the it, accent. You know, at the time, I'm in like in my 20s. I'm watching this guy and I'm going, 
Oh my God! Learn from the master, yeah. Gail. The accent. Yeah. The accent. Oh, the is, accent kills. The him. accent kills. Knocks them yeah. dead. I know some ugly dudes with English accents that should not be getting nearly but as they much are. as they get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Rango. very true. Yeah. So, so the, the here's this. This is Bert's bike in my garage with a vintage Indian sitting next to it. Uh, and uh, when the movie came out, we positioned it. Under a, we, we put up a movie screen in my garage and screened the movie with Burt's bike sitting under it. That's Do you currently rad. have this bike? No. Oh, a okay. buddy of mine who lives in Pasadena restored it and has it. It's very cool. I love the paint job on it. It's very cool yeah, looking. Yeah, it is absolutely. Nice? And, and here's, here's the other little wrinkle. That bike was not in the movie. Oh, I'm sure they built a replica. They actually had two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this that's, looks much nicer cool, than the movie bike. If actually. you're in a position like Does in Bonneville yeah. in, in in that time period, and there's no parts to be found, isn't it nice to have a Kiwi that is just used to making all his own parts anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be convenient. Those the, when we went they to New are Zealand, amazing craftsmen. They 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 you know we yeah. met this this like car club and it's you know five or six guys and. You know, Steve does body work, and this guy does engines, and this guy does suspensions, yeah. and they all just, you know, it's all like a barter system where everyone just makes each other's stuff. It was pretty, it's a pretty cool culture in terms of what they have given the rest of the world in an automotive You get that sense. though oh, yeah. when you're isolated, because like, yeah. the Persang guys then. are like, I mean, just remember growing up, it was like my grandfather made his own lathe and mm-hmm. shit like that, it's just because... You didn't have it around, and you didn't have a lot of money, so you just made it. Yeah, I used to say with Kiwis, you, you take a ship full of them, and they get shipwrecked on a desert island. There is nothing there. Yeah. I mean nothing. There will be things. They're out with- of touch with the world. You come back a year year later, and they're running a resort hotel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the? Yeah. You know, that's it's how wild. self-sufficient those guys mm-hmm. are. And it's- I hope that tra- transfers into their current generation. Oh, it does. That's, the young people, we met a lot of young people that are building, at least in terms of cars, there's, the young people there are building some wild stuff. Yeah. Even there's, like our, our friends Andrew and Caswell, who are like computer programmers, but they, they like cars. And when they needed a new ECU, they found an ECU <laughs> from a different model of car that they found out fit their car. Like, even on the they, small scale. They, they yeah. puzzled it out. Yeah. And yeah. they were grabbing parts from something Loving else. Loving that. And, and their, their in is my problem with putting the Coyote in the 03 Crown Vic platform. Which is what? Variable so cam timing yeah. and the ECU that's in there. Oh. They, I, I'm going to end up with two ECUs. Yeah. One that's running the engine. And then one that runs the rest of the car. And, and, and then I'm going to have to do like a bridge, a piece of electronics that talks for – is the translator between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Because i got to leave the stock ECU in there, and it's got to think the engine's there and all that to run everything else. Yeah. Instruments, air conditioning. Can you get you know, by with like Megasquirt or something like that? or. Uh, for not to run the coyote. No, they no, haven't because that, that yeah. the variable cam timing. That's the algorithms to run the the camshafts versus what is being sensed by the ECU. No way. Uh-uh. Okay. Mega is that like a, is Mega, that like a supercomputer compared to the one that? Yeah. Is, yeah. It's like a cray compared to what's yeah. in the car right now. Yeah, yeah. Because what's in the car? It, my stupid thinking seems like the computer for a Crown Vic or Marauder be so simple. It's just yeah, that, HVAC it's, and a, a bad stereo. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and a light switch. I mean, I, that's I, what's got. 
I'm not the student of this that some of my double E guys are, but I think that's somewhere in, in the Eek series, like an Eek 4. Uh, might still be 16-bit. Maybe it's, uh, pardon me, 8-bit, maybe it's 16. But it's nothing compared to this piece that runs this Coyote. Of course, what of course. if, what if you, I mean, this may be the, I it, don't what if you took your your interior apart, basically, and put you know gauges out of a Mustang and window switches out of a Mustang, like, and just use the the Mustang wiring harness? Would well, that be? Yeah, a buddy of mine. But you can't wait to tell me why that won't work. <laughs> no, a buddy of mine suggested that, and he told me, uh, yeah, it would be this this car we need. Yada yada yada. I did one for a guy at Ford recently, and we bought this used car, which was running and perfect. Because buying all that stuff yeah. was like eight grand in yeah. its own right, and then you had to, you know, there's just little bits. And there's all kinds. Well, of it stuff. all comes blank. All yeah. all the body computers, everything else. Yeah. So how do I get them all coded up? Right. So the best thing to do is buy the car for eighteen or twenty grand, and then just take it apart. And then yeah, you know. and take all the stuff out, and then sell off the husk. Yeah. I'm going. I, there's got to be a better way. Our friend did that. There Our friend has to uh, be a way. put a V8, the M3 V8, into the little BMW 1 Series, and it's just a monster. It's yeah. great. But to make everything work, he bought a complete crashed M3. There you are. And he said, then I just had everything I need, and I pulled off what I needed here and here. And, and that's so now he has a car where everything works like it left the factory, like the M power button works. Well, and didn't you say that, that like, all works. the body cradles and everything bolted right up? Yeah, the front and rear side. Subframes. Oh, that's living right. Yeah, he yeah. got the subframes. What? He got the front and rear subframes. How do you get that lucky? I, wanna, I don't know. I want to drink some of that. I think BMW. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't think, that wasn't that the deal with the 1M though? Is that a lot of the, the components were M3 components, like yeah. steering arms and stuff? So yeah, a lot, so yeah, of, all a lot just of it fit. Yeah, that's yeah. why it has the wider track. And that's the one thing I like about working on Hondas too. Is they're all very modular. It's just like they share the components between everything. And you just take a part out of one, plug it into the other, and it magically works. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, they're block. leveraging the design. So here, I just happen to think of this photograph. Uh, truth be known, we've burnt, built a lot of brace vehicles from scratch, lots of them. Uh, b- <coughs> boats and uh, trucks and cars and what have you. But the first vehicle I ever built from scratch uh, was a electric three-wheel tractor. I might have talked to this on Hooniverse. Uh, so, and it... Uh, Nikola Tesla had come up with a pulse code radio control, uh, if you want to call it, algorithm. Okay. So I, using that idea, I made a radio transmitter, radio receiver, uh, and this pulse code setup that I did where you just push, push a button so many times. And I later uh, changed it to a rotary dial off of a World War I phone. Oh, cool. So one was forward, two was back, three was stop. You know, oh, that's whoa. neat. Can make it so originally, would right. you have to like send it Morse code? Exactly. Kind of? It was kind of like that, only it was just, just this number did this. Yeah, yeah. Kind of this binary code. Yeah. So, so I said it's very, very simple binary, like eight. Yeah. And so like had, one was I, go, I, I, two I had was this, stop. That's cool. I went down to... Uh, the old gal surplus store uh, in Compton, and I found this rotary switch out of a telephone uh, office that had it was it was like this relay that that moved thirteen arms to different contacts, so it would go like that, and that might be seven, and then it would perform form the function. I had some relays hooked to it, 
if you look in this picture, you'll see me. This is 1958. You'll see me looking inside. I, I built a plywood body on the thing, and you'll see that uh, telephone office relay. Oh, wow. So I'm look at you in this suit, though. Hey, <laughs> I mean, look at that. Look at this. I uh, to this day. Much sharper dressed than any of us. Yeah, to this day, I do not remember that. I, I'm telling you, Gail looks like when Henry Hill comes home with the suit on his mother's like, you look like a gangster. <laughs> well, Gail. it is pinstriped, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look like you straight out of Goodfellas yeah, in that. Kinda, it's kind of that L.A. Yeah. look. Yeah, it's, it's not quite. It's That's Vegas. Vegas. How old were you in that? You were a stylish young man. Uh, right there, I'm 16. Is that was that yeah. for like some sort of high school competition or it something? Was, it was a state something. science fair. Sta- okay, because yeah. yeah, everything in your in your electric tractor is labeled so people can look at it. And yeah, see what yeah, it is. with the strings, no less. It's so you know, kind of low tech. So class. you had, you built an RC tractor and at I sat sixteen. Sat on my front porch with a mower deck behind it and mowed uh-huh. my folks' lawn. That That's was the brilliant. cool part. I, ne- did your, I never did, pushed him over. Was your dad like you? You are a genius. I mean, or was he? Did he call you lazy or did he call you a genius? Uh... I don't think he ever called me a genius. Oh, that's a shame because that is genius. But he would mow the uh, lawn. Hang on, we invent yeah, this it's shit. It's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Isn't that the movie they have like <laughs> yeah. a robotic lawnmower and stuff? Yeah. Did that's your neighbors cool. look at you and were like, "What the? Fuck no, that's is great." That's 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 awesome. You know, it was just this plywood box with a headlight on the front, two taillights on the back, and an antenna sticking and, out, and, out and a and a functional blade. It was a, a real type. Where I put some weights on and. and oh, like the like a push mower yeah, type that yeah. was just mounted underneath. Yeah, it. I That's had to weight brilliant. it down because it kept bouncing. Yeah, yeah. How but, many neighbors came over? They're like, "Can you build me one of those things?" <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, you went into production. Yeah, but that's my first automotive venture, and it's radio controlled and it's electric. You know, the irony. So when guys say to me, you know, what do you think of hybrid? Well, I think it's. It's the ass, babe. Are you? I'm, I'm loving it. I'm are you, loving in, are it. you I mean, into hybrids? Are, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I think, didn't Absolutely. you talk about messing with electric motors last time you were here? Might have. I think Might we did. Have. I think the one, and I mentioned this last time I was here, uh, Leno's. Um, the P1. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All up, it's 900 and some horsepower. Yeah. But coming out of the hole, you know the deal with electric motors, maximum torque at zero RPM. One of his guys... John, I think it was, commented, it's like a really high-performance, like a Learjet, where it accelerates so hard your feet come off the floor. Yeah, yeah. That's what this freaking thing does. Yeah. And all-wheel drive is a must. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going if you want really sick horsepower on the street, it's not all about bigs and littles. It's not all about street uh, drag radials or any of that crap. It's about all-wheel drive. Yeah, well, the, the P1's rear-wheel drive, but... Doesn't it augment the front? Oh, does it have electric motors in the front? I don't think it no, does. No, no, it doesn't. The 918 does. You can get it completely past me. The 918 does. It has okay. motors in the front. The, I don't think the, the P1 does. The P1, P1 has, has crazy the, aero at the same time. So that doesn't help off a launch. Not off a launch, but, no, I mean, it sticks it everywhere front else. Drive capability. I'll have it? To, I don't... See, they're, they're, yeah. even, they're even too confusing for the professionals. But the 918s are definitely well, like that. All i got to tell you is uh, all-wheel drives away to... Yeah, we have. To we, wait, I have done know. some big, some like I think eleven hundred, twelve hundred horsepower all wheel drive launches, and they are very serious. Yeah, they're they're firm. My favorite I, is the, the Porsche Turbo. Truck, the diesel truck guys can. Do, well, are they launching or are they brake boosting? That's an that's a torque converter gearbox. Of course, they're brake right? boosting because they got to get that big ass 
bunch of turbos lit. And then what are the, guys got, in the next step is you blot out the sun. You know, and once it, once it'll roll, roll a little cold. Gets, yeah, oh yeah, you're rolling cold. Big what time. is the uh, what is what is a good number for a street truck on the in the quarter now? Are they in the nines now? Eight? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Eights too for yeah. street trucks. Yeah, these guys drive them on the street. That's crazy. I remember seeing yeah. that like it blowing my mind back when I was like 15, seeing a Ram with a with a Cummins in it rolling like ten fives, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, I mean it yeah, was. It's like it's like you're driving a Brinks truck down yeah. the strip. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, it's probably loaded with coin. <laughs> it's like what the hell's wrong with this picture? Well, that and it was everything. <laughs> the other thing was it blew my mind <laughs> too because fun, back then it was a pickup going that fast. It was a diesel and it was a dually, and I'm like, what in the hell is this? Yeah, for drag racing. Yeah. Dually or no dually? You want the dually? I, I don't like the inertia of, uh, of all that stuff. That's flywheel inertia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Although I'm in a project doing a six by six, we're calling it a six by six. Yeah. Is, it, is it a Mercedes six by six, six wheel six tire drive? <laughs> is what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a Chevy one ton dually. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. See, I was thinking if you were going Mercedes six by six, then now you really got my attention. Here's the thing I want to do. I want to do that one ton dually, which is a four door short bed. I want to put the engine in the middle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Paul Newman style, like he had yeah. the Volkswagen. Yes, exactly. That parted right behind the door, the Beetle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the V8 and the, V8 and the Beetle. Well, when you looked in the back, there was a fiberglass replica of some suitcases. But when you opened it up. <laughs> There was a small black Chevy behind his back. Yeah, Paul Newman. Genius. Did you yeah. hang out with Paul Newman at all? It was ridiculous. Did you, you know what? I, I never knew him, but I... Man. Adam Carolla's movie. Adam had me and uh, the fellow that runs Hot Rod Magazine. I, I drug him along to see that. Winning, I think. Yeah, it, winning. The yeah. racing life of Paul Newman. And it was over in Hollywood in an old theater. Yeah. And then we went to the Hollywood Roosevelt for the after party. I got to tell you, Paul Newman was one cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was a huge fan of his movies, but I'm an even huger fa- fan, and I w- wish he was still alive, of who the hell he actually was. Yeah. And he went racing, and he, he won it at 82 years old. He won his last race. And, and, but, but, and in like a GT1 Corvette. But is, he's one of these guys, no brag, just fact. Yeah. Walter Brennan style, you know, yeah. the real McCoy. And, uh, and I, and I kind of look at this, I watched that movie, and I went, wow. I'd give, I'd give an arm but just to hang with that guy. Yeah, he uh, you know? supposedly was really, really fun. Yeah. And he drove like super sleepers, like the Volvos. Like he didn't drive sports cars it's, around. Yeah, well, he got Volks, into the Nissan deal. Yeah, there, that's yeah. it. It was a convertible. Yeah, and it's yeah. got a V eight hidden under the like leather seat cover. It looks that's like a leather yeah. boat. That's yeah, it. it looks See? like a boat, a, an inboard cover for a so, boat. <laughs> so is that is that the Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Is, I had a buddy do that with a. See uh, how dim my memory's gotten. Yeah, show show those were, that picture. Those were like suitcases. Yeah. That's it, yeah. That, that, that's the it's car. Great, but it's a red it's Volkswagen a little, convertible you know, on, the, like, torque the, thrust Ds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daisy wheels. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember that as being a piece of luggage or a trunk. It, it kind of looks you like know. a big leather trunk. Yeah. Totally. You could pass yeah. that. It's great, though. But when I saw but that it, was it was sketchy so, as all hell to that drive. Is, you know, that is so beyond anything you could describe as cool. There isn't hardly a word for that. Well, what about his, you know, his trademark uh, Volvo wagons with the oh. with the three hundred two supercharged swap? Absolutely, those Absolutely. are great. And, the, and another reason to love Newman is his cars were turbocharged. Yeah, 
His uh, Datsuns? Yeah. Yeah, he had the Adam, and of course, Adam's Adam is now. now running them. And, I, and you know, I, I told him the other day we were looking at one of the turbos. i I, I got to help him out. Like just you're just, not not cheat. No, no. Just get it straightened out. Just get it, you know, running like uh, like originally it's, designed. There's some wrinkles in. Need I'm to be sure iron. here and there. Yeah, he's racing. Adam's racing that uh, that Cutlass at Pebble this weekend. <laughs> I'm going up there. I'm going to hang out with them. At, he's racing a Cutlass. Yeah, no. It's it's Paul Newman's Oldsmobile Cutlass Trans Am. It's like a '91 or '92. Okay, yeah. The the real the rounded one. Yeah, that yeah. I know. Sort of like a NASCAR is. kind of. Yeah. yeah. And it's 880 horsepower. <laughs> and I mean, I I love Adam, and he's a very good driver. But I don't know what he's going to do with 880 horsepower. He's gonna he's gonna have an interesting time. I'm guessing a lot of sliding. I you probably, but uh, I uh, that uh, thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking metal. I mean, that's that's, that's actually a race that's car. Actually yeah, I've seen that cool. car. It's a good looking yeah. little yeah. car, isn't it? it well, yeah. it has a it has a cup car feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks like a road race version of a cup car. It does, right? Yeah, yeah. it looks like Which the kind of thing NASCAR would bring to uh, you know Sonoma or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Old school V8. I thought I, I could have sworn he said it was a Trans Am or IMSA IMSA something or other. Maybe it was an IMSA something. Is there a, is there a, a series oh, on look, there? It's got, it's got very similar paint to the 300 ZX. Also. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, it's the same. Uh, you know, same team. Yeah. Well, we're bumping it uh, break time here. Okay, so let's take a break, break. and we'll right. come back. We got a bunch of questions on Facebook for Gail. All right. And uh, yeah, no, and I want to hear more about Burt Monroe's sex life. So- <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Not from me. Yeah. Forza Horizon 2 and Forza Motorsport 6. We love having them as sponsors. Great game series. Possibly the best game series. I certainly have a good time. Forza Motorsport 6 coming out September. 15th for the Xbox One. If you uh, don't have an Xbox One, good news is they're on sale for $349 at Amazon. If you get for, if you have Forza Horizon 2 right now, you can get the Mazda MX-5 pack free of charge with five roadsters from the company's iconic legacy. Forza Horizon is also the sponsor of All Cars Go to Heaven 2, coming soon to Vimeo, our second feature film. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Wheelwell is the automotive social network you've been waiting for. From Italian exotics to American muscle and rock crawlers, Wheelwell is the place to connect with others who share your adrenaline-fueled addiction. Create a profile for your ride and share photos, specs, and keep track of all your mods. If you make a Wheelwell profile and send it over to me, Matt at thesmokingtire.com, or on Facebook, or through Wheelwell, we can select you for a smoking tire one-take with your car. The uh, waiting list is approximately six months long for uh, one takes right now, which is a very good thing. And it means we have lots more reviews coming up. And uh, Dan Neal says hi, Gail. (laughs) Hi, Danny. (laughs) Mazda. You like driving? I like driving. Driving is good. I like a car with good feedback, lightweight, fun-to-rev engine, preferably a manual gearbox. And for that, you're going to want to look at a Mazda. They care about taking the long way, home, long way home, getting the wind in your hair, and really engaging with the driver, not texting, not applying makeup, maybe having a beverage, non-alcoholic, of course, for your drive. But that's about it. Mazda is the home for drivers, and they care about you. So if you're buying a new car, check them out. They actually... Dynamically, by class, Mazdas are usually among the best options for reels. 
Uh, follow us in all the usual places, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The Smoking Tire, of course, YouTube. And leave us a comment on iTunes to keep us high in the podcast rankings. Gail, where can they find information on you? Uh, Facebook forward slash Gail Banks. That's Power. G-A-L-E Banks. Yes, thank you for that. Yes, so, very important. Gail Banks Power. Uh, uh, and also... Um, Bankspower.com. There we go. And are you uh, prepping for SEMA this year? I'm prepping. Your stand always, I'm a if, SEMA you add up, if you add up the uh, the horsepower of the engines that you, you have on stands at SEMA, it's usually in the 20,000 range. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Do you have a special project that you're doing for this year's uh, SEMA? I, I do. I, I, I have some, uh, it's miniaturized electronics uh, doing a huge job. Okay. So... Essentially, inline tuning, um, water methanol or straight water injection control, uh, what I call uh, eye dash, which is um, two inch ga- gauge with a l- little LCD screen in it uh-huh. and a four button uh, configuration uh, routine to let you do all kinds of stuff. These are new gauges that talk to each, o- each, o- each other over. My flavor of CAN bus, which we call Banks Bus Three. They also talk to the vehicle on CAN bus. Okay. So you you everything the uh, vehicle is doing, you're aware of. Every so it's sensor, fully integrated. Everything. Yeah, it be, it be it becomes one with a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It has a handshake back and forth. You can reflash the ECU through the same portal, uh, and what's cool is instead of having these lumps under the hood to to control various things. And we're also doing boost control, uh, nitrous control, various other things. They're all in two-inch gauges. They are doing it all right there and can communicating with everything else. Is the, proce- and is the process... Do you like that you don't have to install too many old-school gauges anymore, too? You, know you can just do this, this one. Honest to God, I, I, I've been using something that looks like a phone. Uh, basically a PND, which I've repurposed to make it mine. Uh-huh. Uh, and I call that Banks IQ. And those those things have been on dashes of trucks and cars for 10, 12 years. Uh-huh. Before that, I used a uh, Palm, uh, what do you call it, PDA, yeah. and repurposed it, you know, and, and wrote my code in Palm OS. So the deal is... All this functionality is inside the darn little two-inch gauge. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do. Uh, we're controlling motors that, that run pumps, uh, you know, like charge air cooling. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we've even got a deal <laughs> I'm screwing with uh, that we used on Pikes Peak on uh, Mike Ryan's Freightliner. Yeah, that's the, uh, the semi-truck drift Pike Peak, uh, right. Pikes Peak uh, it, cab. It it's is. just crazy. Yeah, so we did the Super Turbo Detroit Diesel 60 Series, which was 2,800 horsepower. When we were so supercharger and turbocharger. A monster 8.3-liter screw into an <laughs> even bigger, ridiculous you know, I still maintain loudest vehicle I've ever been around, other than a top fuel, and you could actually feel the vacuum from the induction when you got within five feet of the truck. <laughs> Small children. We actually, <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding, Chris. We actually made these stickers. I got I got to put this up on Facebook. We made these stickers that t- t- warning people 
<laughs> to stay stay clear. Yeah. And on the stickers, there's cats, dogs, little children being sucked <laughs> in. An old, an old lady. I mean, it's Can just you, you, gotta, you don't sell those stickers? you gotta I got to sell those. those stickers. If At the very least, you need to send some to us because I will rock one of well, those. The, the sticker I'm doing now is Eco Banks. And the eco has, you know, ivy growing on the letters and little rabbits jumping around. And the banks is on fire. <laughs> the rabbits are running. You've seen the car- cartoon That's rabbits. That's a good one, too, yeah. Loony, uh, eyes bugging out. I like your sticker yeah. department. Your yeah. sticker department's great. We're going outlaw over my that's, place. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You can't but it's not it just the stickers. We're, we're literally going outlaw. So, so is the uh, the semi truck <laughs> the semi? Does that have it? Also, that has water meth as well. And, okay, and so nitrous and this everything. This is where right? a little is good, and a lot is just enough. Okay. <laughs> in, this, in this case, we had. Let me think about it a minute here. Out of the blower, you've heated the air, compressing it. We had water meth there to cool it. Uh, into the turbocharger, of course. Now it's more. It's all about air density, uh-huh. and there's no air density on Pike's Peak. You've got to make your own if you're going to yeah, make Yeah, no, we drove up there, and I almost make like horsepower, fell over. You, you've got to have pounds of air to mix with pounds of fuel. So basic problem. We were originally went to Pike's Peak and ran two years in an open-wheel car with Paul Dollenbach. Oh, I saw, and he had that ridiculous crash. Yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was nasty. That's a, that's a crew error. We know what exactly oh, what really? happened there, yes. Well, I know that guy can drive, and I know that car was insane. He ran like a 936 year this year with a, with a sister to that car and no turbochargers. It's really? like, are you kidding me? And he and I talk all the time. So I'm going to help him turbo it for next year. Okay. You know, uh, I don't think we're going to get the French guys because it was everything. That was one of those fortuitous moments on the mountain when, when you had weather yeah. When you had really righteous pavement because it buckles all winter and goes yeah. to hell, he hit the he hit the window, and and ran what mid low eights. Seb, so, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, not, and- not to mention. That I don't know. I don't know how he got his balls in that little car. <laughs> yeah, Seb is crazy. Have you ever you watched know, an in car video of him? He doesn't blink. You ever watch that? Watch the video of him going up Pike's Peak yeah. from in the car. He doesn't blink the whole run. Well, that's intense it's concentration. Fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's really gonna, crazy. That's going to be really If hard you to blink, beat. you could be in the air. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing about Pike's Peak. It is the most dangerous form of racing I've ever been involved in. Most dangerous. I would put Isle of Man TT up, up on that level. I don't know. I, the drop-offs at Isle of Man? No, they don't well, have drop-offs. They have walls that were built in the 1400s. Uh, you're... you're yeah, you you don't have a harness or a body to stop. <laughs> well, there's bike guys on Pike's Peak. There are too. bike guys on Pike's Peak. Yeah. They're they're crazy. And an electric bike holds the number. That makes. How sense. about that? that? Makes sense. Yeah, and of course, Monster Tajima, he's doing his electric car thing like mad now. I like so, that guy. He's he's a, he seems oh, like fun. He is. He seems like a good he time. Is. He he laughs a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. So anyhow, as far as the system on this on this. Setup. Then we're water injecting, coming out of the compressor on the turbo. Then we're misting the face of the intercooler with another system, and it turns on and off based on, or is modulated, based on the air temperature coming out of the intercooler. Okay. And so then is the we sensor go, on the back of it 
on the on the back it's, side it's of the intercooler. In the, yeah. It's in the pipe. Okay. So, so then how many? This, this big ass pipe goes over to the intake manifold, and we've got six more injectors right into the <laughs> intake ports. <laughs> Not enough. We have one more. The year before, he had spun, overheated his brakes going uphill. If you can imagine that, to the point, <laughs> to the point where he had none, and he looped it and hit the guardrail. The the hundred feet of guardrail that was there that the yeah, year yeah. in twelve and a half miles, he hit it. Yeah, in a semi truck. This guy is shot in the ass with luck. <laughs> shot in the ass with luck. So so, uh, Mike Ryan, although he's got a little bit of a limp from auguring in an airplane, so twelve and a half minutes, twelve and a half miles, it's. 156 turns in a 12 and a half miles. Some of them are hairpins. We call that the W's. And uh, you're going up almost a mile in 12 and a half miles. And this 10,000 pounds of tractor makes it up that hill with a locked rear end. We can't get a Detroit or any kind of locker to survive the power. So he runs a, it runs fully locked? He dirt tracks it around those hairpins. You know, How does he not loose. wreck the tarmac? I'm sure he does. He's got to wreck the tarmac, well, yeah. You know. After he runs his dirt again. It's another year. We don't give a damn. It's, <laughs> yeah, I wish it were dirt again. Uh, our first year, we still had four miles of dirt. Yeah. With, with Dallenbach. So the last one we did this time, you know how, how the brake rotors have hats, and then you have the vents through the disc. Uh-huh. We put uh, our straight shot injection nozzles inside the hats, and cooled the brakes. So did it shoot into the, did it shoot into the vents? Yeah, that is well. Crazy. Understand the air flows in the middle. This thing is spinning. Yeah, it's a fan. It's sucking the air in, right. and out, and that cools the brake. So when that turned on, steam came off all four <laughs> wheels. It was the damnedest look. It's got to be super cool, though. Well, we ha- had brake uh, uh, little infrared sensors because uh-huh. you don't want them too cold and you don't want them too hot. It's this window. That's sweet for brake temperature, right? So where it's that the lap three, you know, like the, you, they're warmed yeah, up. Yeah, you've they're got good. everything is right where it should be. Right, right. Temps there, every, right? Yeah, so lubes are all there. At the end of the day, how many thermocouplers did you end up with on this goddamn truck? Oh Jesus, I'm the queen of thermocouples. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 we've got them on all the exhaust ports. We've got them on the turbine inlet. There's seven, eight because it was a split scroll. Uh, through the intake system, probably another six. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. So, we had, in we 12 had, and a half miles, would you go through 15 gallons of meth, 20 gallons of meth? We had a number of five gallon tanks on there <laughs> for different systems. So, yeah, I mean, in all, there's probably 25 gallons of something on that truck for 12 and a half miles. And, and, uh, we don't get any time. You know, the stuff we did over at Irwindale, that, Every time we would go out with Mike, he'd start drifting in a damn thing, and we developed nothing. Well, it's so you fun. Know? I know. It's so fun. And he wanted to have fun with it. Then, <laughs> it. then you get on the mountain. Now the air density is like... Yeah, it, it'd huge be, difference. It'd be the same as Jacques Cousteau telling him, look, you're going to go down in the Marianas Trench. No, you don't get to practice. <laughs> you no, know you don't get to test the boat. Yeah. You know, Go. So, but then he would go down and he keeps chasing fish and fucking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool guy. Uh, so, at the end of the day, you, you're doing your development in your practice sessions, which 
are like a couple of laps over one third of the track. Yeah, you, you you do the top section, do the middle section, do the bottom section. You never do the whole thing until you do it. That's by design, you know? right? I mean, for the competition, yeah, it's the, by design. Yeah, it's, if you parked everybody at the bottom and ran them up to the top, and then they come back down to the bottom, you're just like shutting it down. Yeah, yeah. So they've come up with the most efficient way to do the practicing. But you start at 9,400 feet. There's no place to practice at 9,400 feet. And yeah. you end at 14,110. So it's like what I was doing kind of covertly on Dahlenbach's car was developing turbos for a Humvee application in Afghanistan. 14,000 feet there, 14,000 feet on Pikes Peak. Turbo doesn't know where it's at. It doesn't (laughs) be, hey, it's on a diesel over here, and over here it's it's on a methanol 440-inch small block. Doesn't matter. Doesn't care, you know. So, and the pressure ratios are similar. By that I mean, if you want to simplify it, the boost uh, is similar because... You're not making as much with the with the Dahlenbach setup as you do on a diesel, which takes higher boost generally. Right. But you really are doing that because you, you're you're starting with such rarefied air. Yeah. To get the engine up to its fourteen hundred eight horsepower. Uh huh. You really had to do a lot of what's called pressure ratio. So you start with nothing and you build it to sea level if you can. Yeah. Tough. Tough. But. How you much? Know. How how fast is is an impeller spinning at that at that kind yeah, of depends on the load. size of the machine. A lot of the little stuff that you see, hundred and forty, hundred sixty thousand. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to find higher numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I was was looking at a, a buddy of mine uh, sent me out a couple of uh, EcoBoost turbos, uh, and these are for the three point five liter EcoBoost. I I got one of the aluminum yeah. trucks. I drove it here the other day. Uh, the F-150 aluminum Ford, and I'm going to have my way with that turbo motor. The guy who has been the director of forced induction at Ford Motor Company attended a turbocharging lecture I did, did for Ford in 1980. <laughs> 38 years really? or whatever. I, he, he'd been there a few years. Anyhow, he's the guy responsible. So I'm going, this is stuff I was preaching in 1980, and yeah. it's come home to roost. And he's sending me dino sheets and saying, what do you think of this? We kicked your Buick ass, didn't we? Yeah, 35 Literally. years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, the, but, the, but the point is, I'm just happy to see it. The turbos amaze me. Because I look in there, and the compressor impeller is about the size of my watch. And I'm literally telling you about this. Wouldn't surprise me that they're approaching 200,000 RPM. For sustain, for for hours and hours and hours and days and weeks. If and you're running durability on an engine, you don't do a dyno pass. Whoop, yeah. You're done. That's a brag dyno number, right? You know, that's what goes to all the magazines and all the rabid guys on the on the websites. Yeah. Uh, the reality is, like Ford Motor Company. Or like the stuff we do for NATO engines, you know, military stuff. You're running hundreds of hours of wide open throttle. Yeah, you man up for that. And you and, and you and, and you, they change the angle of the engine. So I've seen the Porsche's engine dyno that oh, they've, simulates they've, they've, they've the got Nurburgring. One, they've got yeah. one in Pontiac, Whoa. Michigan. Uh, they've got a number of them. Really? At that GM powertrain. Yeah, they're very cool. So so, so what I'm getting at is that. You're, 
I think the intimation was that it might be not too durable. It's very durable. These things are... I'm sure they're very durable. Yeah. Okay, well, on that subject, so the Z06 is out now, and that 1.7 liter blower is having tons and tons of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to design an engine like that, obviously they're doing this kind of powertrain testing. Why would you... How could you possibly miss something that's that blatant? Because they move to that slow... They move to the smaller blower, and they're spinning at 20,000 RPM, and they can't cool the damn thing off. How would something like that slip through one of those one of those extended tests? I'm amazed that it has. Knowing those guys at GM, I'm blown away. Uh, the Eaton blower, uh, we were an Eaton, uh, Eaton licensee for a number of years, uh, and I might re-up it. Uh, but their architecture and the hood height were a huge fight on the, on the Corvette. So... You know, to lower the profile of the engine, they brought the rotor diameter down and spun the living snot out of it. I don't know what the compressor efficiency looks like, but when you talk about 60 horsepower required to turn the blower, where did that 60 horsepower go? I That is the, that is a very good question. Do you have the answer to two that? Two things. You're increasing the pressure of the air, and you're increasing the temperature of the air. Okay. So 60 horsepower worth of temperature. I mean, if we had 60 horsepower worth of BTU-producing energy funneling into this Yeah, you could, bi- power, building, you could power our house for... Well, we'd be crispy critters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you, if you turn that into British thermal units, you're talking about a load of heat just to Chris's point. Yeah. So, yeah, they knew what they were doing. They ran, the, they ran durability. They ran compressor efficiency. They ran all of it. They knew what was going on. I don't understand what is happening. I'm, I'm, do you think it was? How, do you, do you how, think how they also have, knew that only magazine testers and three percent of their customers will ever run the engine that way? It's and, called duty cycle. And yeah. I, 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 I designed the same way. In fact, I'm an advocate of putting like a, a seven liter V8 diesel in a semi because you know. Those guys have five, six hundred horsepower, and how often do they use it? Same, yeah. you know, I could I could do a seven liter super turbo that runs at like three hundred horsepower most of its life, and when it needs to get big and go up the grade, it'll make seven, eight hundred horsepower. But it's only a couple percent right. of, of the total life of that semi tractor. Right. Same here with a Corvette. Generally sp- speaking, if you've never been two hundred miles an hour on the street and never seen what I call terminal velocity at about a buck 80 my peripheral vision is gone yeah it's a blur there's trees and houses and everything going by you don't see that at bonneville yeah so when you get up around two bills most people you know their digestive tract starts backing up into their throat (laughs) (laughs) there's a term for that which i'm not going to (laughs) use even though you guys swear on this program it's too gross so please (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i'd be branded with it so you think they just miscalculated the number of people that were actually going to approach that i don't think they miscalculated i don't think think they're accurate uh, i don't think it was a calculated risk and 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 Maybe we disagree here. I, I, I just, I look at this and I go, I'd have covered my ass, guys. I, know, I in other words, for that other extra 20 horsepower that you, you needed there to make the club, 
And oh, by the way, you don't make the club because a club is seven hundred and seven, and they're lying about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Lying under, the price or lying of ad- over, lying under. The price of admission is now seven hundred horsepower. Yeah, right. Quit dicking with the, those little superchargers. Get something bigger. That's what they got. The guys did with a Hemi. Yeah, that's well, an the, the Hemi. That's the a, Hemi blows are monster. That thing. It's it, for a street car. That is a big chunky well, blower. Even the, the old Eaton two point three was a better blower than that one point seven that they're well, using the, now. There's more to this than just the statement of uh, swept volume. Yeah, one point seven, two point three. The, there is two things: blower efficiency, first of all, uh, and. One's a screw, and one is a very severely twisted roots. Mm-hmm. The IHI that's uh, on that uh, Hemi uh, is a screw. It's a Lysholm. It's the oh. it's the best thing okay. there is. It's the same thing. I didn't realize that was a twin screw. I thought that was just a regular four-rotor. My, my Ford GT, my 05, that's a screw yep. You know, on that 5.4. So those are th- th- as good as it gets, and no, and no one... Other than a five-axis machining capability, nobody has ever improved them. I mean, they are really good. Is that are so, the screws like the the old school style blow, the Wyand stuff, the big BDS? Those stuff. are air massagers. Those are like you know, uh, they beat the air into the engine. <laughs> okay. They flog. Yeah, like a paddle yeah. boat. Yeah, some of those are straight uh, rotor two two lobe rotors that just. You want to talk about making noise, yeah. but it's the pulsations. In other words, you're getting these pressure spikes. Mm-hmm. And when the valve opens and they have a common uh, intake manifold under this paddle blower, uh, depending on when you open that particular intake port and where that pressure spike is, you've got different boosts into different holes Oh, so yeah, actively while the engine's running. Because yeah, one has got a certain period, yeah, and yeah. the firing of the engine has a certain period. And those can't be matched well, up. Well, if, if they match, then you're going to get a lot of boost, and if they don't, you're going to get, it's going to be that rarefied sounds, air. That sounds scary. Well, then what happens is the crank dynamics go nuts. Because, you know, you, you look at the crankshaft, it's a long-ass torsion bar with throws on it. Right. Uh, and you're putting energy into that thing every time you fly, fire a hole. In theory, you want that energy to be equally matched. I call it cylinder balance versus dynamic balance. Okay. And if it's not matched, then you have this torsional war going on of, of instantaneous acceleration uh-huh. uh, that's higher on this one than the next one is lower. So, you know, you, you've got two different uh, what I call imparted velocities. So... You start having durability with the engines. When we started offshore, guys were running blowers and not having a hell of a lot of durability luck. So that's why I got into turboing offshore huh. engines. Did you ever race, random tangent on offshore engines, did you ever race against any of those guys running the Lamborghini 12s in the offshore boats? Yeah. they had Lamborghini had a spell where they were doing offshore yeah. racing. yeah. I imagine the engines I, I were not very I good. I can't really point to a success there. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to say, though, it's awful sexy. It's, it's, they probably it, it, sound Especially great. if yeah. you have two of those mothers. Yeah, I know. You know, you're running like a cat boat with two yeah. of those Lambos in there. Oh, it probably just sounds oh, my insane. God. You know, that's a guy pulled up in a white one this morning, Aventador. Aventador. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's like ripping sheets, and I'm going, man. 
That little cockroach, what a badass little bug that thing is. It sounds good. Goes you fast. Know, you know, and, and, you know, I think my GT is 44 inches tall, and I think I'm down in the weeds here. That thing. Is it lower than a GT? It's close. Well, the original GT was 40 inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hence the GT And then the new is 44, right? Thankfully. Yeah, the new is 44. Yeah, and, so and you are you very look, lucky to have one of those. If you look at the gurney bump, I'm envious. You know, gurney's bulge mm-hmm. uh, on the roof of the GT40 yeah. kind of gives my height problem. Can you... Can you when, I, when I was getting mine, Jay, Jay of course, got... Uh, Leno got number one or number two off the line. And um, so I call him up and I says, I'm going to go to Wixom. I'm going to get one. And he says, cool. Uh, I says, can I come over and sit in yours to make sure we don't have to do a gurney bump? Because Jay's a little shorter. Yeah. And um, uh, who's Jay again? <laughs> <laughs> Leno. I did clarify that. <laughs> so so uh, anyhow, I went over and I sat in his and my hair is just brushing the roof yeah and i thought oh, okay so i got mine you know i know they're doing a new one yeah i know it will be incredibly electronic and, and turbocharged and sexy you've got to be stoked on and, it that it's turbocharged you've got to be excited I'm, I'm stoked that it's turbocharged i met with the ford guys when they're do, doing the design and i'm going if I get one at one of these, you know what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they went, we, we want to see you do it. Yeah. Well, I've never done it. Because to me, other than tuning and a pulley job and I'm 607 or where I'm at, uh, it is a time capsule. That freaking thing, in my mind, can't save your life. It can kill you. Yeah. There's no systems to save you if you're a total fuck up that's why they're worth so much it's money now. bite your ass and it's like a treacherous old porsche but you it's know. so good though isn't it it's so nice to drive if a car can't kill me what good is it <laughs> <laughs> those gts Honestly. are so magnificent to drive and and i give you this too i don't see a lot of guys waving out the window and giving big thumbs up to a guy in a lamborghini uh, but no. you go by in a Ford GT, and it says Ford down the side of that mother, and guys in pickup trucks are rolling. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Is yours really loud, like, too? Do you have a nice, a nice loud exhaust on that? Yeah, it's... it's if you're going to go anywhere and go a long time, yeah. there's a oh, point. You tune that to a point. Yeah. yeah. Loud, uh, loud enough to be as badass as possible without driving you nuts. We we had one back in New York when I was with this rental company, and we put a straight pipe on it. And actually, when you were off throttle, <laughs> it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. It was fairly mellow off but throttle. And then when it, you get into it, and you it was deafening. It was yeah. perfect. It was absolutely perfect. You know Shot what, nice it, big it, flames. What I want to hear with straight pipes is that flat crank. Yeah. You know. Have you heard that engine in person yet? No, but I did a top fuel flat crank engine. Dude. They, uh, they are Top fuel is loud, mm-hmm. but mellow and loud. It sounds like the flat crank V8s, to me, sound like two four-cylinder engines singing in concert. But the, the, you know, there's, the new Ford one's the got a Ferrari weird one singing The Ferrari ones do to me. The, the Ford one, you know Jamal Hamidi, right, mm-hmm. from SVT? So we went to Detroit, and he brought a 350R to meet up with us, and yeah. he revved, and you cannot, it sounds like like a like a Grand Am car or something. It is so loud you can't believe it. Nah. They, have, they, they have taken the F-type and sort of one up the F-type well, in the loud know, department. 
there are these guys, Eberschbacher is the name of the company, and they have a they have a lab in the Dearborn, Detroit, you know, Bloomfield Hills area, uh, and they can can make the exhaust anything you want it to be. They can make a sound that doesn't exist. They can attenuate a sound. <laughs> can you that order does. that? Can I go? Excuse me. I'd like a sound that doesn't exist. Can you just? Can I get I, purple as a I, sound? I, I'm going to tell you right now. Maserati was doing a diesel uh, V6 with the VM, oh, yeah. for, our, our VMO Tori engine for the was, uh, for the Ghibli. Yeah, yeah, and they, they didn't like the sound of the engine, so Eberspacher did it up so the thing sounds like a ballsy V8. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Does it sound cool? I'll know when they make a production version of the car. I haven't. It's because uh, the VM yeah. Tori uh, is, is the is Jeep Grand Cherokee diesel. Engine. It's also the Bank 630T. I Is beat, it really? I beat them to market by three years. <laughs> <laughs> really? Same family. It's oh. ours. Is the one they use in the pickup truck and the one they use in the Grand Cherokee and ours same architecture. What a bulletproof engine! Uh, is it a really good engine? Ours is a little uh, self-defensive or nuclear hardened in that it, it, it for military. Mm-hmm. We're a tier one engine supplier to military, or defense, I should say, more accurately. So there are vehicles running with our little V6 engines in them. Oh, neat. What, is, what military vehicles, if you can say, use that uh, engine? <laughs> Don't worry about it. One for the Marines. Oh, okay. That's all. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's others. So I, do you do modifications? Uh, do you, do you uh, have any modification kits for, uh, for the Grand Cherokee or the Ram with that engine? Oh man, am I all over this? You got a bunch? Yeah, in fact, the guys uh, Facebook. There's a eco diesel uh, group. Oh, okay. And uh, they invited me the other day, and God, are we rocking and rolling? Uh, the this whole thing with Facebook is snowballing for me. I'm. I'm in terms I've of got business? Bon- I'm in Bonneville groups. I'm in truck groups. I'm in road race groups. They just find you. And yeah. Well, you're, it you. helps when you're already well-known. Yeah. Here's the business to advantage to it. The business advantage to it is I can talk about what I'm doing and see if there's any enthusiasm. Yeah. I'm just laying it out there. This is what I'm – here's what I'm doing. Here's some pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Don't you – I think this stuff's cool. Yeah. You know, do you? Well, if you don't, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Good, good way to fill the yeah. market without getting too deep into a project. Yeah. Good, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. what? Wait, what can you do with the Jeep Grand Cherokee diesel? Tuning number one. We we've got uh, our bullet, uh, the the guy in the gauge diameter. That's mm-hmm. an inline tuner that reads boost or reads EGT, reads a n- number of things if you want it to. Um, we're working on a really, really good. And the engines are responding very well to our cold air, what we call Banks Ram Air. Uh, remember I mentioned air density? Well, it, it all starts with the air density you present to the compressor inlet on the turbo. Right. You don't want to remove any of it uh, traveling from ambient, the air you're driving through, to the turbocharger. We make that an art form. In fact, I've got a picture of a 53 Studebaker at uh, Bonneville where we – actually, I didn't know I was breaking the rules until they made the the rule after I broke it. (laughs) (laughs) But ram air is something I just do. Here's my uh, 
283 miles an hour street Trans Am. And if you look on the nose, down low on the fascia, you'll see my air inlets. That is a, yeah. that is a trademark of everything I've done, uh, save that ugly-ass Studebaker where I took a headlight out and put a circular air inlet where the headlight was. Seen and, that done since? Well, well you know, my theory was I'm going to absorb some frontal area. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, did not, that? Did you make that? Just, I'm going to inhale the frontal area. Did you make that front air dam on the Trans Am before that was a production piece on the Trans Am? Because that looks sort of like the factory one from the later versions of those cars. Yeah, this is a pre-production car, and yeah, yeah. We, we did the air dam, we did the clay, and, and the hood, uh, which we bulged a bit for the charger cooling, uh, that was that was something that uh, oh and then there's the whale tail the, the hood is steel the whale tail we did because in the GM wind tunnel that uh, 82 vintage Trans Am had uh, 1100 pounds of tail life lift at 300 miles an hour and that was a 3200 really pound car well Studebakers are worse uh, in fact at about 220 uh, a 53 Studebaker Commander or Stylot Coupe lifts so bad that the front becomes the rear and the rear becomes oh, the front no. repeatedly. Yeah. We, we, we had spin stickers like World War II aces had kills. <laughs> we had spin stickers made up. I went through seven drivers before I found Don Stringfellow who would get back in the car. Which is either you ever a, think it maybe wasn't either, the drivers? Uh, well, it's either a statement on his bravery or his stupidity. Yeah. You know, and I it's like, like the think, drummer for Spinal like, Tap. So if you look, if you look, if you look in this, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. apt. <laughs> so here you can just see it on the where the head, headlight would be on the Studebaker there. That metal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like like they do on the Hellcat now. Yeah, it is. It's isn't exactly it? like they do on the Hellcat. I'm calling yeah. Ralph Jill right now. Let me. Give me my phone look back. Look at this. I mean, look at this Studebaker. How fast did this thing go? One fifty nine. Scary. That yeah, thing. that's that's a Del Mirage. Went a hundred and eighty three at Bonneville. Now it looks sixty five dollar. Let me just look. Can I just <laughs> can I draw your attention to the background of your photograph here? Because what it looks like here is that this gentleman is racing. Well, it looks like a Cadillac sedan Deville, and it has a Cadillac support vehicle. <laughs> oh, I as love well. it. Have you noticed that? Yeah, these these are kind of sixties vintage, early sixties. Yeah. yeah, he's racing some Cadillacs. Yeah. I like that. The, those Studebakers, too, are very good-looking cars, even if they're not particularly aerodynamically Well, efficient. actually, uh, yeah. Uh, Raymond Lowy uh, did this. It was his gig. And uh, here's a little later version where I put the scoop up uh, oh, so through the injectors. such a good-looking car. In fact, that's my first shop in the background. Really? The one bay? Two bays. Who? Two bays. It's a 20 by 20 building. Who is uh, CR? Uh, CP. Oh, CP. Yeah, CP is Cal Poly. I was earning money to go to school, so oh. I named. I actually opened a speed shop in my dorm room, <laughs> and, it, and I called it CP's. So, until <laughs> the state shut me down, you know. I got then, it. I, then I ran it. I had three of these Studebakers. So I ran this. You open the trunk of the one I drove every day. Yeah. And there were Cadillac rack, uh, catalog racks in there, and you you could you shop in the parking lot. At, yeah, Gail is still a hustler. On, still on state. <laughs> that is baller, man. I love that. I, we got uh, oh, we got kicked out. My friend Fellow, who I refer to as the E thirty six whisperer, because he 
is a Florida redneck who could rebuild an E36 BMW by himself in 12 hours. Yeah. And and he got thrown out of a hotel, the hotel like that's next to Willow Springs, whatever that shitty hotel is up there. He got thrown oh, he got thrown out of there because he was because the housekeeper came in. That's a great picture. <laughs> housekeeper <laughs> came in and he was rebuilding a gearbox on the desk. And the management came in and kicked him out and they were like, you can't rebuild transmission. There was a gear oil like, all this over This is the a place. typical Bonneville deal. Yeah. Especially in the fifties and sixties and probably in the seventies. The patio motel was abandoned barracks. So, and there was a pool with about two feet of green water in it, you know, and leapers in there. And uh, we'd, one year we stayed in this room, a bunch of us, on cots and what have you. And uh, next year we went back and our trash was still in the room. (laughs) Wow. Now it was, you know, like dinosaur uh, droppings, coprolites. Is that place still around? This stuff was. Is it still around? The patio? I don't know. Let's find out. I'm going to look on Yelp. Yeah. That was (laughs) the name of it. I love, though, the patio. It's like it's going to be something scenic. Uh, (laughs) So, of course, you have that whole vibe of, of the Enola Gay. The training for the B-29s to, yeah. to go to Hiroshima and Nagasaki and all that jive happened in Wendover. Mm-hmm. So there's still this weird-ass vibe in those hangars, guys that kind of lurk around and have a, the old pictures. Uh, that's a I'm strange, point strange you, place. The Patio Hotel no longer exists in Wendover. So they took dun, down, dun, dun. What, is, what is the line? They took down Paradise and put in a parking lot? Yeah, no, they took, <laughs> down, took out Paradise and put in the Montego Bay Casino and Resort. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's like what's going on over in Echo Park. Oh, I man, mean, I'll tell you what, it looks just as down. depressing as the patio. <laughs> tell you, these pictures are not good. It, it, but it's not old depressing. It's fresh depressing. Uh, yeah, it's current depressing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. depressing today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. I, I, like, I like hanging out with you. you got the best stories. We're going to have to come back and get some more out of Bert, Bert Monroe's sex life. That's, that, that's what I'm, I'm still stuck on that. You can talk about air density all you want. I'm thinking about Bert Monroe banging chicks in Bonneville. Was I preaching well, again? No. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, no. I'll bring it any way you want to bring no, it. We, you know? No. We, I was, I mean, that was it, interesting. It, yeah. Don't you were not preaching in any way. Thanks for coming down. Uh, Bankspower.com. Bankspower.com. And uh, uh, on Facebook, uh, Gail, G A L E, Banks Turbo. And when you get that coyote in the Marauder, then we will. We need to come marauding over yes. here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that thing outside? I want to I see it if it's here. Yeah. Sweet. It is. Let's go take a look. Follow us in the usual places. Leave us the usual comments. Uh, T-shirt of the month club. All new designs coming out. Uh, they're really cool. And we just did the know your enemy one with uh, where it has all the police, the headlights of the police cars. That's so you right. You identify all what I police love cars. That. That's a good I'm one. I'm often wondering. I will get Let's you say one. You've got the chart. You it's put a it on chart. the dash. Well, it's on a T-shirt right now. Oh, but, uh, okay. We can put it on the chart. Too. We can get. We can make a sticker that goes yeah. on your dashboard. Yeah. With that, yeah, that's a that, handy reference guide. You got to because yeah, yeah. wearing, wearing the shirt, you need a mirror on your steering wheel. Exactly. <laughs> you know what it is? You got to do it like one of the little parking passes where you hang it from your from your mirror. A window tag. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'll tell you, I know a Crown Vic. The headlights are kind of narrow, like a Jeep. 
Oh, with the, you know, with the really the hell out there. with the really uh, diamondy reflectors. They're re- rectangular, but they have a pattern in them. You can see from yeah. a mile away. I have a Pavlovian responses to Crown Vixen. The new ones are tough. Though. The explorers the are tough. Two tone cars. Are I'll, tough. I'll drive past a two tone car that's parked, and it's like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, just jerk. We've been trained. Yeah. All right, the smoking tire is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a computer, and an internet connection. And we'll see you next week. Bye.